You're listening to The Brand Compass, conversations to navigate your way to building a brand fit for purpose and poised for success. Here's your host, Shelley Rosland. Hello, my friend. I'm Shelley, host on this conversational journey. The idea of the show is to dig into the cross section where your brand meets the humans you serve. This episode is going to be a little sidestep and actually look at you, the human behind the work, and how you physically meet the person you serve. And by meet, I mean, how do you metaphorically meet them where they are in their place of need and then work with them to move through the solution and resolution of their challenge? Quick question. Have you listened to my episode where I made a start on sharing what I think about the term subject matter expert? It's episode 17. If you haven't listened to it yet, make sure you add it to your queue to listen soon so that you can catch up and join me on this important journey. That episode that I did unintentionally kicked off this journey to me crafting my definition of what a true subject matter expert is. I think that many people don't necessarily recognize themselves in the term. So I thought if I embark on an open unpicking, if you will, of the term that you, my friend, may see that you are indeed a subject matter expert, the proficient human who is meeting another human in their place of need. So today's episode is really to give you a progress check on where I am with my subject matter expert manifesto. I feel like the digital world has opened us up as professionals to connecting on a wider stage with our colleagues and ideal clients. But it's also provided a no-holds-barred access for anyone to declare themselves as an expert. This hurts us as subject matter experts because guiding and advising someone on a subject is a privilege and not a right. And what you say to people matters. It could change their lives for better or for worse. A good subject matter expert, in my opinion, (laughs) is invested in not only giving the right advice and guidance at the right time, but is seeking to improve and enhance the condition of the person they are working with. I'm hoping through this open discussion, we nail down how we can communicate and market ourselves as subject matter experts that helps our ideal client audiences to distinguish us from the noisemakers and the attention seekers. I guess we're Indiana Jones, if you will, setting out on an adventure to explore the truth and what that looks like. This episode is to give you an update on where I am on this and also to just push this subject further. What are the next steps? Okay, are you ready? All right, so this is where I'm at. Since recording that episode, a few things have happened. The first one, I pulled this into a discussion within my own working environment. I have two really special people in my working life who I've known for over 10 years each, and we're in magical conversations at the moment in shaping a joyful workspace for us to work together. Very excited. The humans we are going to specialize in helping our subject matter experts or highly proficient knowledge workers. What has been really lovely 
and unexpected is having these two special colleagues digest the beginning of my manifesto and then me sitting back and seeing where it lands with them. We're only in the beginning stages, but oh gosh, it's really been a wonderful feeling to just throw paint at the wall and then have that paint start to shape into something or even grow in nuances I hadn't even thought of yet. My lesson from this is that I'm really getting to understand how thinking, mulling over, digesting ideas, concepts, and connections are quite central to the operating system of a subject matter expert, which I think I am. The second thing that's happened since recording that episode is that I've had some of you, my listeners, get in touch to chat to me about what they thought about what I'd shared. Please do chat to me after you've listened to that episode as well. Wow, I tell you what, this has just been awesome. I can't tell you how nice it is to actually have you contact me and have a conversation. That means I'm not speaking to a big black hole. (laughs) I really love doing this show and having guests on, but other than that, it can get really lonely as a podcast host because while you as a listener have me in your ear and you feel like we're in it together, and we are, I could still do with that feeling because I'm looking at a screen and a microphone while I'm recording this. Anyway, back to the feedback I've been getting. From the sounds of things, listeners are resonating with the areas of knowledge responsibility I talked about in episode 17. One lady said that she realized that she wasn't walking the walk, that she was teaching her clients So she made a radical decision to stop doing something in her personal life, which wasn't congruent with what she was teaching her clients to do. She wants to be a subject matter expert that is in total alignment and integrity with what she teaches and advises her clients. Just superb. Another listener said that he definitely recognized himself in the bit I shared about Avoiding oversharing your knowledge and ensuring that you meet the client where they are at and then work with them to move them from point A to point B. He felt like he definitely overshares to show all of his value and his knowledge upfront. But now he realizes that could very well be doing the opposite thing and completely overwhelming his prospects. I love it. Not the overwhelm bit. But the realization bit, because by recognizing some of these things, we can also remedy the situation and we can become better subject matter experts. Remember, we're always a work in progress as long as we're progressing towards being kind, proficient, knowledgeable experts. I'm really glad, I have to say, that my gut instinct about the importance about how you hold, store, and share knowledge seems to be similar, if not the same to you, my dear listener community. The third thing that's happened since I recorded that episode is I took this topic to an online table talk for a conference I'm um, attending. They had an online side to the in-person conference in the lead up to it. And I thought, you know what, what the heck, let me just see what people have to think about the subject matter expert topic. And just, you know, hear what they have to say. I didn't know these people, but I thought this is going to be good. 
And actually, it was really fun and interesting. I had a, a good mix of people on the call and we dug into what they think about the term. And we established that the term is probably used more in knowledge-based professions and less so in trade-based like carpentry, where you assume a level of proficiency anyway when you're hiring someone. So you wouldn't necessarily be highly attuned to looking for the label of a subject matter expert when looking for a carpenter. Proficiency is more of an issue to demonstrate in professions that don't have a visible making skill behind them. And I'd agree with that. Although I'd probably argue that over time, a carpenter becomes much more than just a carpenter. But that's a whole another subject altogether. They also said that in their eyes, a true subject matter expert gains third-party credibility. Others point to them as a specialist or an expert, more so than they do themselves. Again, that aligns with my initial manifesto episode sharing. So big tick, yay. The fourth and final thing I did, I thought I'd just share this as well, was I took the topic to an in-person local networking meeting that, you know, I know everybody pretty well, but I'd never really discussed this before with anybody. And honestly, I didn't plan it because I had my usual, you know, my 60 second spiel to say, but before I could stop my mouth, (laughs) it just spewed out the question, what do you think about the subject matter expert term? You know, what makes someone a subject matter expert? (laughs) Oh man, I'll tell you what, it was so cool. I've never had such an engaged conversation as this before at a networking event. They just came alive. Who knew that this was actually something that everybody had this underlying need to come out and talk about? I've had so many observations from how they physically lit up when they talked about it to what they were saying and how we also circled back to once again, this element of proficiency and having third party credibility baked in. Okay. So I've learned two things so far in my Indiana Jones adventure. We're all a bit uncomfortable with the term subject matter expert. And that number two, the start of my manifesto does seem to be hitting the mark in what other people are thinking too. This is great, right? So what's next? Well, I reckon after some reflection, which I suspect is another subject matter expert attribute. Uh, My next avenue feels like delving into a few nuances that have been tickling my brain about the progression path of a subject matter expert, where they start and where they end up. Also, I'm really curious about the humans themselves. You know, what are they? Are they? This is the question, isn't it? Are there common traits, characteristics, or habits which can help us to get comfortable in associating ourselves with this term and and feel like we really are it, a subject matter expert? You know, like, how can you recognize a subject matter expert in the wild, okay? Because you know what you're looking for, right? What do you think? Would you be curious to know as well? Want to join me? Yes, give me some feedback, give me some input. You know what? 
That word manifesto I used in episode 17 was done a little without thinking. However, I should know by now that my brain is a marvelous thing and sometimes it just knows things before I'm cognitively aware of them. We recognize this word manifesto being used quite a lot with politicians, but a personal manifesto is a little bit different, isn't it? My definition would be that it's about me almost putting a a stake in the ground to publicly share what I believe to be true and hope that other people resonate with it so that we could hang our hat on it. It's a statement of values, attributes and behaviors which I hold dear and feel are important to qualify and quantify professional integrity. Now, it may feel a little muddy right now as to what to do with this after I have it all down, but it feels like it's right to be having this conversation now, in this time, and with you. Join me, won't you? I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram, and you can email me on Shelly, with two E's, at ShellyRosland.com. Until next time, my friend, stay strong, believe you have value, and make good brand decisions. Thank you for listening to The Brand Compass. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your entrepreneurial friends and help them make good brand decisions. Until next time, let's keep the conversation going at ShellyRosland.com.